Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, the miniature gaming podcast about miniature games. So, so before this, we were talking a lot about art, pop music, and what what actually is good quality and what you like for styles and tastes. Mm-hmm. But since music has much less to do with painting and miniatures, uh-huh. even though we did do a podcast about music and gaming quite a while yep. back, it's a pretty That's good true. one, I think. Go listen to that, yeah. people. That we're talking about our influences and the styles we like for like actual painting and what we kind of look at and consider good painting. Mm-hmm. So, like we were going on as well about like the modern, like punchy style of painting uh-huh. on lots of miniatures now where you've got like obvious airbrushing going on, super black uh-huh. lining. It's like, okay, where did this all come from? Like, yeah. it was originally before people had airbrushes and all that. Uh-huh. You see this style, but now there seems to be this evolution of people wanting yeah. to see this. There's a There's been a lot of evolution in art styles in miniature painting. And I feel like part of it is that it's growing up and becoming like a real, a real art, real art, right? And real artists actually working on it. Yeah, because which has changed. Yeah, because you're thinking so, of the quality of sculpts going from like your '80s super giant heads and like looking like pieces of Play-Doh almost mm-hmm. to our modern super high quality 3D sculpts where you can see mm-hmm. every ring of the chainmail, not just yeah. have dots poked into a piece of dough. That the the ability to express yourself through the medium has just gone way up so the evolution yeah. that's happening since like the 80s yeah really- yeah i was gonna say like both in sculpting and in actual painting right on both these things the the, the but, but and i think it's it's a, it's no. also attracting people that have been doing it for a long time so once you've been doing it for a long time and you can even do it professionally because you're so good you will start trying to push your own boundaries in terms of the artistry right it becomes it's more than just, you know, a hobby where you're just, you know, paid by numbers or something, right? It becomes an expression of what you want to show. And so I guess for us today, you know, there's so much we could talk about in the influences of both just even just obviously just miniature art because miniature painting, because that's what we're into. But for this podcast, I think uh, we're going to stick to basically how does the other, does other art influence our miniature painting? So we'll go a little bit about the, the thing as a whole, but I, I want to keep it more focused on, on us because mm-hmm. just to keep the topic more contained, because obviously if you're talking about history and everything, you can go, go on forever. Oh yeah. Cause both of us have taken art history courses. I've taken, yeah, more. you were just, yeah, you were bragging. You took a lot flexing, more. Flexing on my university level art history, even though. Uh-huh. So they were very low level courses. They were just memorized. Meant, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because I only took uh, high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, art, right? And so we, we did some art history in, in whatever OAC, right? It's grade 13. Um, and at the time, I thought it was stupid and boring and lame. But literally, when I think about what, which of the th- topics that we went through that helped me the most, uh, like we, we, we did practical art, right? It was OAC art. Um, did yeah, I think making, OAC art? Making art. There was a little bit of there was a little bit of history, but it was mostly focused on just yeah things in different mediums like sculpting. Yeah. And, and I think about like which one actually kind of has kind of helped me as I've you know continued to do artistic things. Uh, I feel like the history is the most useful because the other art 
so the ones that I liked, I picked them up, right? I, I worked on them, but I wasn't, I don't know if I would be that interested in history or, or would have went and learned about it, if not for the art history in, in, my, in the classes. Are you talking about history in general, like history events? Art history, no art history and, and like influencing and seeing all of that, those kind of past things, right? Like you, I would go to museums and uh, art galleries, right? But actually studying about the history, it's not something I would do. It's almost like if you're a pianist and you don't go to school for art, for music theory, mm-hmm. are you really going to do the music theory <laughs> or are you just going to play music and stuff like that and pick up as much as as you get only from osmosis. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, this is just this is my pitch for uh, forcing art students to learn art history. I think it's it's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think it I think it helps as well. Yeah, and I look back and and what we're going to talk about. This has helped me understand these kind of things. Yeah, it sort of helps you understand their relation between the technologies they had their culture and then what they were painting based on what they oh, bring out your, your university level history. Eh? We didn't learn that in OAC. <laughs> oh, what? This, this little, this little tiny book uh-huh. of art history. Yes. Uh, modern art only oh, in yeah. the past, what hundred years or, or longer. Oh, I've built the last, last start starts at realism, impressionism, and then it goes on from yeah, there. So it's about hundred years, right? It's the stuff where older than 100 years because we're old now, we're 2020. Oh, yeah, 20 more years have passed. Uh huh. So we're looking at, oh no, we're looking at the 1800s, but this is sort of the, oh, really? This is the free oh, okay, the current, yeah. It's like it's like in, in your uh miniature gaming books, right? Where they tell about the history, they have a little line that says, In the before times, this is what happened. That's basically, oh, that's a that picture. We can't show that on screen, I can't. <laughs> uh stuff like this where you're like is this art i don't know <laughs> and that's the point mm-hmm. right where they're trying to push push the boundaries of what is art and make you question what is art yeah. and then when you look at it, you're like well i know what i don't know what art is but i know that is not yeah it's what a lot of people will say but not me because i'm totally refined have you ever painted anything in that style um smash, take it right from the ball and just smash it against the miniature like intentionally oh yeah that ha- <laughs> well that sometimes happens when the paint bottle explodes and you're going to the palette yes mm-hmm. I mean, honestly i've been thinking about that i want to do some more just like canvas art mm-hmm. uh but i have yet to actually do it i haven't i have like these blank canvases to paint and i have not i haven't even <laughs> thought those- about this too many miniatures for those watching that and that I painted, but they're, they're very basic. And, and did your art history and your, and your, your uh, influence, your ability or your, your style of painting that? Heck no. <laughs> they're, they're right from the bottle colors. <laughs> There's no, they're very basic shapes. It is. I don't know. All right. So let's get back to now. So that's, that's our, I guess, a little bit about our history of art and what we, how we learned. How does this influence our miniature painting these days? So I guess I, I'm not sure how much you do this, but pull up a lot of references to like as a basis of what colors you should be using, inspiration, like color palettes, like how you're going to do the contrast in other areas. 
Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of it comes from modern graphics arts, which okay. is a completely different medium though, which once I've thought about it more is not totally, it's not as directly translatable onto the surface of the miniature. Cause when you're looking at things on the screen, mm-hmm. what you can create on the screen is entirely different than what you can create on the miniature. Like the screen itself is actually a glowing medium. So when you see something that's actually light on the screen, it's basically glowing at you. Whereas when you're painting something on the miniature, it doesn't have that same sort of effect. And the entire like three-dimensional element to it makes it quite a bit different. So you're not expecting the same level of reality either from what you're seeing on the screen either. I think this is uh, an interesting thing and, and one of the cruxes of, of, you know, what we're talking about now. Um, I feel like that's not exactly true. Oh, you can create lots of things. Great course. Because I feel like when you see art, even digital art, mm-hmm. um, it, and, and a screen, a screen, although technically it is glowing at you, it is simulating a uh, painting, basically, mm-hmm. right? Even though every little speck of that is light, it's simulating the bouncing off of you know normal light, natural light onto a, a painting, right? Like a well-lit painting, assuming mm-hmm. that you're not conserving the power on your laptop and turn the brightness way, way down, right? You're actually, it's actually a flat surface with a picture with simulated colors, everything like that. The fact that it's glowing, I don't think it actually changes um, com- relatively speaking to it at, for the most part to a um, like a, a flat canvas piece, right? Mm-hmm. I think the three dimensionality of it is much more important. And in fact, I think the main thing, right? As opposed to because you've got to make something that looks good from every single angle. Yeah. Well, you, technically, you don't have to. But <laughs> when you're playing on the tabletop, you kind of wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, there were those sculptures. I don't know if you've seen sculptures. Um, uh, the sculptures that only look right in one direction. And oh. they're supposed to have this, like, weird optical illusion shit going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like reliefs as well. Like a relief yep. will be carved in. But it's a flat. It's mostly flat, and if you start twisting the relief, and now just you it looks weird. Oh, it's gone. Yeah. So in the same way, I don't know. I know a lot of people complain about like um, metallic metals because you're trying to simulate a shine on a reflective surface, but obviously on a reflective surface, depending on which direction you look at um, a 3D object, it's the shine is going to be a different spot. But obviously, when you're painting that shine on, it's impossible to do. So they're like, oh, I hate that. Uh, at the same time, if most people just look at it in one direction and it looks fine in the other ways, I don't see the problem with that. Yeah, it gets hard. Once you get better at it, you can make it look good from more and more angles. And it's different. It's also different if it stays on a, on your shelf, in which case, actually, it will generally only be seen in one direction. Yep. Right? As opposed to a freestanding sculpture, then it's fine to paint it where you only basically see it direct on, it looks the best. Yeah, and from what I've heard from people who do a good job doing non-metallic metals from reading their articles or listening to interviews with them, mm-hmm. that they 
with miniature painting, they're not aiming for reality. They're just aiming for what looks good, which is sort of a balance between reality and just throwing in interest points. So like we could talk about using, we're talking about using artist references, but I also obviously probably both of us use real references a lot for painting. Yep. But the fact is those aren't always necessarily like what looks the coolest. They're just like, what's actually reflecting if you're mm-hmm. trying to paint something non-metallic metal. Yep. Say yeah, I was going to say, like, when I look up uh, references, I don't generally look up art references. I look up, like, sometimes I'll look up, like, real things just to see how it actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And um, I mostly just go from basically my head in terms of, uh, you know, the artistic portion. And I honestly, that's probably – I probably should look at more things because I actually do have in my mind um, – what I do want my miniatures to look like. And it is, it basically does, when I, when I think about what I want my miniatures to look like, right? I don't think about, I somewhat think about other people, uh, other miniature pa- uh, art, but I'm mostly thinking about like 2D art that I've seen. And so, you know, you're talking about like reality. Uh, I think one of the things that I think is interesting is, is um, what do you think about I, I like the, the the visual art world has moved away from painting reality, right? Painting Gosh. reality is what you do when you are learning to paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps you build up your skills and techniques. Yes, and how exactly. It actually works. But when you want to be a real artist, artist like painting something to like the quality of a photograph is stupid because we have photographs. Yeah, and but you so we can't print 3D photographs. So actually becoming a good realistic painter of miniatures is a useful skill to have. So and you can just keep doing it. People like it. But I, we, that's we, true. That's we, true. We, well, if there there are artists that because they can paint something like like a photograph, there's some novelty in that. Yeah. But like but, a lot of the top miniature painters, they're actually not doing that. Mm-hmm. So we'll get we'll get back to that. And so what, but what do you think about, this is one of those cruxes, right? When you think about your, um, one of the major topics I want to talk about. So let's, let's go through it, like realism, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about realism in miniature uh, painting? And how do you think that the way that the general art world has reacted to realism in the modern day with all of these like, you know, digital, well, like cameras and things like that, do you, has that influenced you on, in terms of, your miniature painting and what you want to do. So I think it depends and, on- And maybe I need to explain, okay, go on. No, 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 I think you can go for more explanations. So I go for the- Okay, so uh, basically this is, is, this is gonna be a loaded, a loaded uh, a history, okay? So, but I basically see um, with a lot of people because miniature painting is basically growing up, um, a lot of people are basically still on the, like we just talked about how, you know, if you're an artist, you need to go through the steps. Like if you're a professional artist or you, you want to do that as a career, or you're just a, a well-accomplished um, amateur, you need to go through the steps of learning how to draw or paint or, or create things realistically, right? And no one says, oh yeah, just continue to do it. Who cares about an anatomy? Who cares about perspective? It doesn't matter that you don't know how to do that. Just do whatever, right? Anyone that's that, if you've been doing it for a while, they're like, why don't you at least 
know those things, right? You need to, to know those things, right? So they yeah, say, yeah, you learn that. It goes back to the music thing where you learn your scales and your, your yeah. chords and all that. And then you move into, once you understand what's going on behind yeah. the, like the mechanics of yeah. it, then you start trying to. Yeah, you know the rules so that then you can break it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that is like just a well-known, like everyone knows that in, in, in normal, not normal, music but like other really arts. Obvious to you, yeah. But miniature painting, I feel like because it's such a young medium, at least in the way that it is right now, so many artists are in that intro phase. And for the longest time, people that were in that introductory phase where they just didn't know how to paint things realistically, um, that was so exceptional to the rest of us amateurs that we considered that the high end of miniature painting, painting it super realistically, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of then, I think of people who paint historicals miniatures, which people in the gaming space won't see them so often, but you would see that a lot. It's just aiming for pure realism and like high levels of detail. Um, bigger sculpts, of course, usually. But and so I feel, yeah. So basically, maybe because of the youngness of the medium or whatever, but like um, I feel like that has influenced the miniature painting as a whole. And only I think re recently, in the past, maybe. Feel like it's only been made like really ramping up in the past 10 years or so yeah. maybe a little bit longer than 10 years people have really been treating miniature painting as um an art form like any other art form and so realism is no longer just a goal it's like like any other art piece it's like what are you trying to present what are you trying to say what is what kind of style what kind of of atmosphere you're trying to push push out right and i i feel like that has really influenced me so that, that's the general history of, of where I think we are right now. For me, that has, because people have been pushing it in the miniature painting, I've been thinking about it myself, right? And I am nowhere near good enough to paint realistically, right? I'm literally still in terms of painting, almost like a paint by numbers kind of, of quality. Um, but I do, because it's, I do think like what is actually should I, how realistic should my pieces be and how much of it should should it be this idealistic idealized style and so i started think i started thinking about you know how did it work out in the you know traditional art where did they push through in the past you know 100 years like that that that's the way i've been thinking about it well they achieved nothing in the past 100 years according to that textbook <laughs> they questioned what what good looking art or what the what is even the point of art that's what the question is. And the answer is still, I don't know. <laughs> Basically. All right. So, so, so for you though, ha has that influenced you? Like that, that, I guess this collision and this idea, like how much does realism really matter? So I think it comes down a lot to the subject that you're trying to paint. Like if you're painting people, like we'll bring it back to infinity because we always do. Certain infinity factions are more like your army men. Which okay. we have, which there's like Ariadna, Hackislam and that that are more your army men style. Mm -hmm. So for like subjects like that, I try to aim for more realism, whether that be like in terms of the colors that are being used on them. And then mm -hmm. just like how the light, how just lighting is working on them, where their shadows mm -hmm. would be more natural rather than having some sort of like unusual shadow color. They might add visual appeal. Like if you shade things towards, like have a purple shadow towards things, or lots of blues in the shadows. That's not necessarily what you'd expect when you look outside, but it's more photorealistic. So okay. that's 
So for those subjects where it's like something you've seen in reality, I try to aim more towards like photo, more towards the realistic colors and then realistic textures, realistic, like where things should be smooth, they should be smooth, where they should have texture, they should Mm -hmm. have texture on those subjects. But then when you get to more like fantasy pieces, if you're thinking of like this glowing ghoul thing or whatever, Mm -hmm. then be like, well, there's no, the rules are now, the rules are now off. It's more now about just trying to convey a feel through the model. So the sub, so the references for that, like start being more digital art because like obviously your traditional art doesn't have as much as that. And digital artists have that more as a subject. And it's not about- So when you, even when, okay. So this is actually an interesting idea of basically when you're painting something that's real or that is a model of something that's real, um, you know, there's a real thing that, that people will look at and say, oh yeah, that's supposed to match that. A ghoul or a dragon, however, does not exist in reality, in which case you feel more uh, free to do whatever the hell you feel like. Yes. However, but however, like there's a difference between style a- and just like, like you can have a dragon, right? Um, but there's no such thing as like a realistic dragon, as in what if a dragon existed in real life, what it would, would it actually look like? And then yeah, you like, can paint the dragon to look like that. Yeah, like you could take references of snakes or Komodo dragons and be like, okay, I'm just going to translate this onto this miniature. Yeah. Which might, yeah. I mean, it could look good, but because you don't necessarily have an expectation of it and it's supposed to, like the whole subject is supposed to be more fantasy you're not mm-hmm. expecting it to be real. Interesting. Okay. Doing things with the painting where even if you start, you don't see smooth blends, you see colors that wouldn't appear in reality. It's, mm-hmm. It starts to be okay. Right. Okay. Basically, Interesting. By okay. I don't even think about it this at all. By okay. okay. I, guess I mean more like the viewer's expectations. Mm-hmm. Like, are you doing something where they're like, no, this makes no sense to the viewer? Or do you keep the viewer like in a state of belief? Interesting. So when you when you choose a colors and you and a color scheme for your miniatures, um, are you thinking about how other people will look at it? Well, you've now just made me think about this, which I wasn't thinking about before. I guess I was probably thinking more, more of my perspective, or basically uh-huh. what I was trying to create. Like with the army men, I'm trying to create like something like, oh, uh-huh. this is an army guy running around. He's just really small. Mm-hmm. So you but, want it to look as real as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. But when you think about fantasy, just by nature of the fact that it's fantasy, you're not thinking about it. It's, it's uh, as trying to make it as real as possible. Although you could, right? You're not trying to bring a dragon to real life. You're actually trying to revel in the fantasy of it, right? In which case you're letting your imagination more run wild, including the colors and the way that you're painting it. Or yes. ghoul. The ghoul is, your, is the thing. The so dragon was my thing. With dragons, if you're aiming for like, okay, I'm going to paint this realistic dragon, you might go watch Game of Thrones and then go pull those up as references because like the colors they use there, they're meant to fit in with the real actors and all that. But then if you're trying to paint like a dragon, which you want to make feel is more like from some fantasy world, you might go and watch How, how to Train a Dragon, which I've actually looked at those movies before because they have really interesting color palettes they use in those, which when you're trying to paint something, not to reflect reality, but just to sort of have like an artistic feeling of the dragon. It's like have good color theory to it. Maybe 
is that in those like Disney style movies, they really put a lot of work into their color palettes they're using for the scenes to create the different feels of them. Mm-hmm. So like you're trying to go paint a dragon that's supposed to have this fantastical feel to it of being like in a certain environment. Mm-hmm. Like movies become, even animated movies become a good reference for that. Yeah, actually I would say, I, this, is, this is actually interesting to me because um, what you're saying is there that you have actually multiple different aims and styles when you paint a, a miniature. And actually there is, there are times when you're trying to paint as realistically as possible. And these are like for, you know, for your infinity guys, but they're, how about the aliens? Same way, right? You're trying to paint your aliens as realistic aliens. Yeah. I guess there's just something about infinity where you're like, Oh yeah, this is just a real future. Uh-huh. Like this isn't, this isn't fantasy. Yeah. This is real. Just not in our time. Yeah. This is just a few hundred years from now. Whereas when you think about fantasy, it's like a different style to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't, so you're basically have multiple different styles depending on what you, you know, what the, the line is or, or what you're trying to paint. Yeah, I would say so. At least you're aiming for it. Whether right, or not we, you, we paint yeah. so much that there's no reason yeah. to keep one. Style. Yeah. So you have an entire range of things that you're painting. And I think a lot of people will, will have that. Um, but usually when people think about it in terms of miniature, miniature gaming, they, it's very, very distinctive, right? They'll have their normal style, which I feel like is realistic, right? They're trying to paint it realistic. And then some people will experiment and do something like comic book style, right? Which is that super heavy, flat um, colors with super hyper accentuated black lining, like super thick black lines, right? Which looks very, very cool, right? Yeah, a lot of Games Workshop lends like sort of tilts towards that way amongst the way the miniatures are painted where they have really solid black lining, really hard edges. Like if you think of like white, like pure white areas you would see on a comic book page, things go right to just white and their color areas are pretty solid. Like they don't, they don't, like I don't, this might have been what we were talking about before, but with a lot of like classical painting versus reality in reality, you'll see things go when you've got your sort of your mid-tone it'll go sort of more towards white. And if you're outside in the sunny environment, it'll start going towards yellow. And then the shadows will be kind of cool and blue. Well, in reality, they'll have a little bit of like blue look to them, but not much. But then if you're painting to like hyper reality, you'll start like pushing like the Painting into, yeah, how people imagine, like how people interpret the color in their head. Mm -hmm. Rather than actual reality, like your interpretation of how things look in the shadows, the blue or your cool colors, it might be a purple is the cool color, it might be a green is the cool color. It depends on the environment. Yeah. Like that color, if you're painting like fantastically, will start to be like really noticeable in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And then like you'll go towards a warm color in the highlights if you're being more fantastical than you would see in reality. Like in reality, it might just go more towards like a white or more towards just like less saturated. Yeah. So I feel like, I think that is one of those things that um, specifically that I, I'm trying to look at in terms of my styles is, or, or what I'm trying to, to do is that like miniature, like, like, I guess, like art, the idea of painting realistic has something that's realistic is not, doesn't hold a lot of sway to me. I, I think about it more as in, um, I hope that's not my car. Uh, I, I try to paint things as, as hyper real, right? Okay, it stopped anyways. So 
Um, so when I try and paint something, I think about like, I, I've stopped thinking about trying to make it as real at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting that you have this, like, you have this entire line of things that you paint that are, you're trying to paint realistic. And then you have an entire line of things that you're like, you know what, this one is going to look different. This one, I want it to be, I don't know, hyper real or the feeling of real or just the emotions or something like that. Right. Just like, again, like if any kind of art, right. Sometimes you want to paint something or, or, or draw something that's super realistic. And sometimes you want to paint a cartoon or draw a cartoon. And sometimes you want to do these other things. Right. Yeah, it comes down to the whole thing. Like in art, when you see like paintings, you expect to see brushstrokes to them. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is that like acceptable? Like when would you want to see that? When would you not want to see that? Mm-hmm. And like different art. I think, yeah, I think there's this, this really annoying thing about smoothness that people, you know, debate about. And I hate smoothness because reality is not smooth. I think we've talked about this before. Reality is not smooth. Reality has lots of hard edges and lines and creases, especially because, you know, we don't have like whatever microscopic eyesight. Mm -hmm. So, and oftentimes when people try to make it super buttery smooth, it looks unreal and not realistic because it's too smooth. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's so, so to me, when I think about art, um, I'm going to like lay a couple more of my cards down on the table. Um, I love comic books and I've loved comic books growing up. Right. And to me, this is one of my great influences of trying to, I want things to look like comic books because I I love that type of art. And my favorite uh, uh, traditional like uh, visual arts is, is impressionists. I don't know if that, that merges at all, but um, there was a time. You can say like a bit about the impressionists, like the impressionists used very like vibrant colors. Mm-hmm. And then they're and they're the, trying to make yeah. Sorry, go on. And the highlight would be like another but different vibrant color. Mm-hmm. Like if you have and, say grass, the grass might be like blue in the background, then green for the strands, and then like the tips, of the grass might be yellow. It's not going from like brown, brownish, dark green to like green to lighter green. It's going like blue to green to yellow as like grass in that style of art form. Or it could even be totally different colors than that. It mm-hmm. might not even be yeah. green. Might be no yeah, the, the, the entire point of the impressionist is that, you know, you're, it, it's not trying to be realistic, right? It's like, it was not reacting to photographs, basically. And they're like, well, what's the point if you have photographs now to make something look realistic? Yeah, it would come around the time that photography was becoming more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. So you might as well just make things as, as beautiful as possible, right? Just the impression, the beauty, right? And yeah. so, um, <laughs> That's, that's nothing to do with smoothness, but that, that, that actually is, is an influence about what I'm trying to paint, right? When I think about it, I'm like, well, now we have digital arts, we have all these kind of things. Like, what is the point of making something super hyper real, right? There's definitely a point, especially when you're talking about playing miniatures on the, on the tabletop to make it as real as possible, but that's not what I want, right? I want it to just to look as cool as possible. I don't care about it being realistic. And I don't think, I don't care about any of my stuff being realistic, really, besides, you know, just trying to train, right? Because, you know, again, but again, it's exactly the same way that you would do an art, right? I want to be able to paint realistic so that I can know how to break them, uh, break those rules and, 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 you know, make it the way that I want, want to look, right? But back to smoothness. Um, so there was basically, the reason why I hate smoothness is because I saw it happen in comic books. Now, when digital art became super popular, um, so, so, I don't know 
this is not over 20 years ago, I think. Basically, Photoshop and digital art became super popular and people were started to be able to paint things super smooth, like, like uh, you know, airbrushing, the airbrush style, right? Yep. Um, and they started putting this in comic books as covers and stuff like that. And I always thought it was ugly as, as fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's good it was, visual art and it's not usually, it yeah. doesn't have the hard lines of comic books. When you start doing, when you start seeing good digital yeah. art, that has like smoothness to it. It doesn't have the dark lines of comic mm. books. Okay, so comic books is an entire different thing because it's yeah. it's line art, right? So mm -hmm. you you have to have hard lines, right? Yeah. Um, but, but it doesn't the, work well. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the covers, right? They're colored covers, right? And they were super smooth, and it was this weird airbrush style. It was like all the rage in the '90s or the early 2000s, and it looked ugly. And I noticed, and, and for the longest time, I thought this was just what digital art looks like. And then uh, the digital artists grew up and they started, you know, being able to have brushes like uh, um, line brushes, right? Um, that, that mimic actual painting. And, I'll, and then I started seeing a whole bunch of work that looked like, a, like a, a, a normal painting, a traditional painting, but done digitally. And I'm like, oh, and they looked so much, not only did they look way better, they also looked more realistic. Yeah, they're just because, more basic. Yeah, and, and, and I realized, you know, like the airbrush style is, is literally just a style. It's not realistic and it looks ugly as hell. <laughs> and I feel like this thing, transferred directly into miniature painting because everyone, you know, you don't have to, you have to learn how to, to do a smooth blend, right? If you're doing it by brush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and for the longest time, I guess, because it's just so much harder, people thought this was some sort of ideal and painted everything with smoothness. And only in the past 10 years have people realized actually not everything should be smooth. Nope. Like I bought an airbrush and then I used it a little bit, but for my infinity, I have no intention of using an airbrush on it at all. It just doesn't, it doesn't even fit the scale. Like if you want to do pre-shading, it's even, it just doesn't even fit the scale of it very well. On larger miniatures, I can see doing it for pre-shading or for the, like doing the quick painting technique I've mentioned on other podcasts, yeah. it's helpful to create a zenith. But uh -huh. other than that, like the final painting doesn't look, because the highlights, you're not putting them where they belong often. Well, even if you do put them where they belong, if everything is smooth, like I said, like not everything should be smooth, right? Some oh, like things should that. be smooth, especially when you're talking about manufactured like robots and shit like that. It should be more smooth because that's how it looks like in real life. But you're talking about a normal person with cloth and things like that. Does this look smooth to you, right? If you're trying to paint this texture or this, look at these lines. Like how are you supposed to do that with an airbrush, right? No, none, of it, none of it gets accomplished. Only some pre-shading maybe could get accomplished. Yeah, exactly. But there's no gradients anywhere. Mm -hmm. And and you have to put in the lines then, right? Mm -hmm. And and then the question is, should it like technically, if you zoom in, this is the the shade is smooth, right? But if you're talking about a miniature like this big, should should it actually be smooth? What are you actually gaining by making this sh shadow smooth? What what do you make from doing a gradient from black to another color of gray? Yeah, not much. Yeah, One and then gray, and it can switch to black, and it'll look right to your eye. It doesn't need to have the gradient to look right. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things. It's like people talk about you know smoothness and it's being able to important to transition, which it is, right? But it is definitely a style. I feel like basically the entire miniature painting uh, 
hobby mm -hmm. chose the same style, which is the smoothness, but also with white lining and black lining, <laughs> weirdly. <laughs> and that was the like miniature painting style. And everyone basically was painting towards the style. Yeah, so if we want to bring it back to like the, the art history, I, I've just pulled up this a little before we were talking about like historical art styles. So I think neoclassicism and romanticism are sort of one of the major painting periods in like late 18th, 19th centuries. But I think neoclassicism came first and like their description of the painting painterly versus linear style is that neoclassical painting usually features a linear style in which the outlines of objects are sharply defined thanks to carefully controlled brush strokes, whereas romantic painters tended to favor a painterly style. It's so like the neoclassical, they were trying to sort of just keep the outlines visible and then the inside would have a better like gradient, but the romantic period, which came a little later on, they're sort of, they overlapped, but they started putting the brush strokes back in to be more obvious. So. Yeah, and, and I think this is one of those things with smoothness is like, I get it. You don't like brush strokes or you you really like smoothness or you don't like smoothness or whatever, but these are literally just different art styles, like you said, right? Like the neoclassical. And there's no... They were both there at the and same. if you can do both, like one of the things that kind of annoyed me is some people say, well, that's just lazy. Like if you can do both, yeah, maybe it was laziness. Maybe it's they don't like how it looks. Like mm -hmm. I don't like the smoothness look. Why would I... And... I've been trained to try to make things smooth. Mm -hmm. Although I, sometimes I am lazy, but I don't even really like the look of the smoothness. And so the idea of like having more brushstrokes and things like that to, to create more visual, whatever interest mm -hmm. um, is much more interesting to me. And when I think about the art that I like, it does have this kind of more I don't know you call you what you call painterly, yeah. right? Yeah, it's more apparent. Like has you can see where somebody was actually like interacting with making it. And the thing is, when you look at a piece, um, what it has to look good. Like I don't know when we when we looked at when we went to judges uh, in terms of miniature painting, right? They say it has to look good, you know, from far away, from across the room, up close, and then like one foot from your face, right? Uh, whether or not that's actually true is debatable. I think it's like four feet and then one foot, one foot and maybe closer. But no. older people, you don't get closer than one foot to your miniature. Yeah, it's true. These are A lot old. of people, especially if you're older, you can't even see <laughs> if it's closer than one foot. Mm -hmm. I think it was, it was and across the room, four feet, one feet. Yeah. For context, these are all larger pieces too. So you can't, not, not all larger pieces. But there are a lot of larger pieces, yeah. But I don't even know if that's true. But let's say it, it, even if it is true, at one foot, even if you can see the breaststrokes, that doesn't necessarily make it ugly. Just like when, like when I looked at, at traditional art, you just because I can see the breaststroke doesn't the breaststrokes doesn't make it worse. In fact, sometimes it makes it look better. Yeah, like when you're painting things that are supposed to have texture, like fabric mm -hmm. or. I can't have more, like leather skin mm -hmm. anything like that you're going to expect that it's not all perfectly smooth yes but even if you're not even if you're painting something that's perfectly smooth 
what is the problem with seeing brushstrokes if like an actual artist, not because you're lazy, of course it can happen because you're lazy, but if you're not lazy, what is the problem with, let's say you're painting a robot to, to actually see the brushstrokes? So I think it comes down to like, this it's is a style. A style or right? it's just trying to make it look realistic, right? But that's literally, we're talking about painting now, we're talking about an actual art. How, like, does it have to look realistic? I think we said no. And therefore, if it doesn't have to look realistic, if it looks better, so what if you see the paint strokes? Mm -hmm. So I think this goes beyond our level of skill, but like how the brush strokes appear comes a lot down to it. Like if you're thinking of some like hair, it's where the brush strokes should appear becomes more obvious. Like you're expecting the brush strokes to appear in the direction of the hair. Like you don't have to have a perfectly smooth blend from one edge of the hair to the other. But as long as your brush strokes are following the hair, it's going to look good to your eye. It starts getting more complicated when you start seeing brush strokes on like that smooth robot surface, but you can still see them. But as long as they're following the sort of direction, as long as they don't look ugly or as long as they are interesting looking. Yes. It's right? gotta be interesting looking and not, mm -hmm not messy per se like if the, yeah. the paint if like the brush stroke goes here and then some paints like smeared off to the edge of that you're like, okay that's just mm -hmm. messy but there are, at the as long as you know like it could look messy if you want it to look messy mm -hmm. that, that's the point though right yeah, it's like, like you, just because it looks messy doesn't necessarily mean it's bad if if you want it to look a certain way right yeah if you're painting a nurgle demon that's all like mm -hmm. covered in goop okay sure the like bits of like bits of your brush strokes are sort of like off and what I, I don't even know if it even has to be a nurgle whatever i'm just saying depending like, on what you're trying to portray with it right if you're yeah. trying to portray like a serene whatever thing then yeah you don't probably don't want it to be messy right mm -hmm. but i don't even think that it necessarily has to like no like skin uh, has different different colors going on in it so the fact that if your brush stroke doesn't end up smooth it's fine, like even like wood. It can even look better. That's that's the point, right? It actually, like like exactly, like wood. If you just paint wood super smooth, it'll look weird and ugly. Yeah, if you have, like wood doesn't have perfect lines in it. So if your brush stroke isn't like a perfect clean brush stroke, that may look good in wood. But then on, yeah. but on that smooth area, you're expecting more to see it. Like it's going to stop somewhere. It's not like if your brush stroke stops here, you're not gonna expect mm -hmm. like little bits of paint to be smeared down beyond there. Whereas on wood, on skin, maybe it's gonna artistically work. If the brush stroke makes the impression correct, mm -hmm. like makes the impression that you're going for, right? It doesn't even have to be realistic. Then it's correct, right? Yep. Yeah, now, like I'm not saying that like, yeah, it can be lazy, but it often is not. Mm -hmm. And you know what? In some ways it's exactly like art. Because some people are like, oh, I didn't make this super realistic. You know, our went through this all, uh, entire thing. It's like, oh, whatever, realism. Who, who, who cares about realism? Not who cares, but like, it's not important because we have photographs, so we don't have to make it realistic, right? You just want it to look good. And then you have some artists who just say that it's their style. That's like the fact that they, they do something not realistic or different is their style, but actually it's just because they can't do it differently, right? And they're just calling their deficiencies style yeah. and then so in the same way i look at it as art i feel like we're trying to prove that we can paint things realistic so much that we cannot we don't think about or we have not like as a group 
we've not really thought about anything but trying to make it as realistic as possible right yeah and, then and going- only recently have people been like okay like i guess people approved a lot of people approved you know i can paint realistic and now they're breaking their boundaries right yeah and going back to like the neoclassical and romantic romanticism painting like a lot of the paintings there they'll have really dark areas that are like nearly mm-hmm. black and there'll be almost no detail there and then the detail will all just keep building into the areas where you're supposed to visually focus on like they'll have the detail they'll have a bit more realism and they'll have more interesting colors but a lot of the whole painting will just be this block of like dark areas or block of light areas mm-hmm. where nothing's going on and like you can bring that into your miniatures where like their face usually might be an interest point or their weapons or whatever else might be the interest point and yeah. the rest of the miniatures like you just paint them yeah. like one dark color which i as you're saying you like the impression style so this probably doesn't work as much for you because you're not going to want to paint this big dark area of nothing but i just like, no no i like impressionist just as art i don't necessarily say i haven't said what i actually oh i did kind of what what i want my art to look like yeah but but like you don't have to paint the whole thing realistically as long as you're giving the viewer something interesting to look at mm-hmm. that just leaving large areas with no detail may can be perfectly fine from an artistic standpoint and putting lines right like technically white lining and black lining i used to hate that mm-hmm. uh because i'm like oh that's not realistic in terms of shadows and everything but then i looked at it and i'm like actually it looks better <laughs> And in some ways it does look real, like I said from before. So I had this mindset. Maybe that's partially why I hate it. It's because I'm a self-hater and I'm like, oh, I had this terrible thinking before where everything had to be smooth and super realistic. And now I've just gotten over it. And now I'm trying to like, you know, use all these things. And and I guess in some ways I resent the idea that everything has to be super smooth because that's not how things are in uh, reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just showing off your painting ability. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I feel like okay. I'm not a super good painter, right? But I'm good enough that I feel like I can paint a decent piece when I want to. So because of that, I don't feel like when I'm painting something randomly, it needs to be realistic. Because I'm like, yeah, I could paint it realistic, or I could paint it however the fuck I want, mm-hmm. right? And because I have the confidence that I can paint decently realistically, um, I don't feel the need to paint realistically now. Whereas before, especially almost when I couldn't paint realistically, I felt the need to paint realistically just to like prove to not only other people, but myself that I could do it. Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. All right. So we went through realism. What, what do you think about oh, realism, smoothness, the airbrush Photoshop thing? Um, what is your art, what art style, uh, do you, if you could paint as good as, 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 you know, let's say you were, you, you had a hundred years and you learned how to, to paint. What do you think would be your main style? Of course you would learn all these different styles, like you said, right. And, and to do them, but what, what is your ideal style? So I think with those styles, like we talked about the modern art and all that, uh-huh. don't particularly care about that obviously you like comic books a lot which i was never as much into i think just like your more traditional like 18th century 19th century art is more what i prefer to like aim for 
which obviously works better on just painting pieces, not not wargaming pieces, because you're gonna you're going to have more more obvious light sources with different colors going on in the miniature, which with a whole army makes no sense. And direction. Like we talked about these miniatures rotating on the board, you see them from yeah, every direction. Every single direction, yeah. But and and you might have two miniatures like, okay, one's got the red light from this direction, and one's got the blue light from another direction. But then when they start facing different directions on the board, this starts to make no sense at all. So when you've got a one-off painting piece, you've got much more liberty to just put in crazy lights coming from different angles. So, and assume that people are going to look at it from one angle. No, it should be fine from multiple angles. There should be a primary angle because certain angles may have like more dark area on them. Mm -hmm. so you see that area is dark when you're looking from the main direction, but it won't look bad. It just won't be the main angle to see it from. Mm -hmm. So, I think more of those classical styles, like I was mentioning before, where neoclassical and romanticism, like the neoclassical has more smooth areas. I'm like, nah, leave that alone. Just allow for like the romanticism that brings back in the actual brush strokes and then having lots of dark areas just so you're seeing like really high contrast on the piece to bring so it's hyper real yeah okay interesting i think that's a good point that, that you brought up i just want to touch on is is the tabletop versus um a piece that's sitting on your shelf or even or in the middle of your table right so just the idea of, you know, a display piece, if it's on your shelf, one direction, right? People are going to see it one direction. If it's on, on the table, you want to see it in all different directions. On the tabletop, though, you, it's moving around. It's interacting with all these other miniatures. So maybe this is one of the reasons why everyone's like, oh, there's, you know, everyone should, you know, people are more interested in one specific style of painting when you're talking about miniature tabletop because, even if your style, like, like let's say you painted a beautiful army to one style, uh, and it, but it's a very non-realistic style, mm -hmm. and then you're you set up your army, and across the board is another guy who painted it in a in a non-realistic style but a different style. Mm -hmm. Things are going to look weird when they when these two armies collide, right? Yeah. And so maybe this pushes in terms of miniature gaming everyone to a more realistic style because like if I bring a comic book style. Um, painted um, army, it might look amazing by itself, but if it's not fighting a comic book style army, then things look really weird. Right? Yeah, army where everything like shadows towards like this dark sea blue. You're like, okay, these are not, yeah. these don't belong together. Yeah, exactly. So I think there is definitely something to be said about, you know, how this inter, how painting with different cool, weird styles. Uh, or, or your own styles intersect with um, tabletop gaming. I think in general, tabletop gaming has to skew realistic. Yeah, because that's, that's just to help. There's more of a uniform standard to it, basically. Yeah. And so, yeah, basically, in some ways, we all have to paint a certain way, which obviously there's a lot of leeway, right? But to make sure everything matches so that it looks the best on the tabletop, you do need to make it somewhat realistic. Yeah, you can't just but do whatever. You still want to go. You still want to lean a little towards the hyper realism, just so that that's actually the style. It is because everything is super. If you style. paint everything super real, that's actually not the style that most people do. So you actually want it to be more hyper real. Yep, but it's like a certain level. You're not going for the maximum level of hyper real. 
but you're you're pushing it up a few notches mm-hmm. to get yep. the, to get some extra color in the shadows a little bit not too much not crazy to get like more harder lines on your shadows on sorry on your black lining harder lines on your edge highlighting mm-hmm. and then punch the colors up a little bit from where they would be in yeah. reality like if you've got a pink yep. that's like a medium pink push it push it like more saturation and dull your mm-hmm. bright colors do you think that that is a somewhat unfair though uh restriction on everyone or do you think that's just part of the, so- the social contract in terms of painting and miniature game playing i think it's just become like accepted like all the studios have often started painting towards that uh-huh. so it's it's given people something to aim for like your well-painted mouth miniatures you see from the studio, your well-painted Infinity, your well even now the well-painted GW start seeing with Warhammer Quest, or mm-hmm. they're they have more more of a normal scale. Like even their painting has now tended towards that that hyper-real rather than being their their older, basic, more block areas and that was definitely hyper-real in the old one. I guess, oh, you're saying that there's no real? Well, yeah, there, there you go. They had hype, <laughs> they had the hyper going on, but they had no real. Uh-huh. Yeah, and maybe this explains why, you know, everyone used to paint their bases with with the, what, what is the green called? Yeah, the, the fl- almost fluorescent, yeah, goblin green, right? Mm-hmm. Everything was bright green because, you know, that's what everyone did. So you're trying to just match everyone so that it doesn't look weird and out of place. And that became and, like snake bite leather for maybe five years. And that became, <laughs> now it's black. Yeah. So as long as you paint what everyone else, right? That's part of the social contract. That's fine. Um, I mean, we're going to dark, dark charcoal, not quite black, dark charcoal, but it's still staying within the bed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. So I think that's, that's, that's really interesting. Uh, in terms of my uh, style, like I mentioned it, I, I like this, this kind of comic book like thing with um, very high contrast look. Again, it's actually similar to hyper real, but more, more blocky, I guess. Yeah. Cause you can like, you can see it most in the difference in our painting. If you've gone to our Facebook page at dice of everything group.com, yeah. And seeing how Alan paints his medals and how I paint my medals. I think that most exemplifies how like our painting styles, mm-hmm. our ideal painting style comes out where your medals will have like very definite lines in them for the blacks, very definite lines for the lights, which is exactly what you'd expect in a comic book medal. Like if you saw a sword in a comic book, it would have these like lines next to each other yeah. of, that clearly show that something's reflecting off of because the fabric's not going to do that. Like yeah. the ground is not going to do that in comic books. That's, that's definitely metal. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'll go more for just trying to do a gradient from like light to dark and then doing like the reflected colors of like the sky into the upper areas, just blended into it. And then doing like much more subtle, very thin streaks mm-hmm. or the reflections. Cause it still needs it's to get that hyper real. Yeah. It still needs to have the streaks, but they're just mm-hmm. much thinner and much smaller. Yeah. And then you look at, you know, there's the blocks of colors, the brightness of colors of, of punchiness, right? Yours is going to be much more, uh, neutral color, much more neutral and subdued, right? Even the contrast, whereas I'll try to punch it up another level. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I actually like the, uh, hard lines, 
I like the idea of hard lines, like very dark shadows um, and almost like, yeah, basically like a comic book, right? All, like, not a, I don't paint it with the black lining and everything. I don't paint in the, um, the, no, the, it's, it's a solid yeah. color, but it's not. Yeah. yeah I, I like the, the more solid kind of, you know, stuff. And again, the brushstrokes, I've been more experimented more, more with just brushstrokes, but I, I, getting rid of the entire um, blending idea in my head is hard to get out of though. Yeah. I think in the last few years for painting things, because fabric is very common for mm -hmm. all the miniatures we paint. Like I found that my, my last two levels of highlight on fabric, we'll just be doing dabs where put a lot, if you put a lot of matte medium, oh look, mm -hmm. there it is right in the front row, put a lot of matte medium into yep. what you're doing for those highlights on fabric, that the brush strokes will be a little less harsh and they'll sort of blend into the background. Because mm -hmm. this is just going back to my preferred style, that the last two levels of highlighting on fabric, whether it's the edges, whether it's the middle, will be streets that you would expect in the direction of that fabric. Mm -hmm. To yeah. suggest, that's exactly what I'm saying, right? When you do it, having the streaks and having those lines, as long as they make sense for what you're doing, as long as they build the impression of what you're trying to do, that's the important part. It's not not seeing the brush strokes, right? Yep. It's fine that people know that your miniature was painted. <laughs> it didn't just come out of like, I don't know, whatever, right? And you're not going for full realism either because this is a 28 millimeter miniature. You're not painting the actual lines the fabric has where it's got like whatever, 200 threads per inch. You're, yeah. You're painting exactly thread per inch, maybe. Yeah you're, yeah, you're doing the impression of the multiple threads, not the actual like texture, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Um, and I think, I, I guess, this, yeah. Yeah, whereas if you're trying to go for a more hyper style, you might not throw the matte medium in there. You might just let the lines just go with full strength paint and let those lines show up. All right. Uh, yeah, so anything else? Any other things we, uh, we want to talk about? Oh, I'd like to talk more about digital art, but I don't think that's right down the alley of this topic. What about like how digital art has influenced it or, or just influenced your painting? Well, cause I find to use it a lot as a reference, mm -hmm. probably more because like the subjects you look at as a miniature painter, like you don't see those subjects in classical painting, like vampires and space Marines and like your, your futuristic soldiers. You're not going to the 1800s to find those references. Uh -huh. So often when you try and like- If you did, they look much different. Yeah. Technically, like golems, those rock golems or whatever, are just the robots of the, whatever, the medieval times. Mm -hmm. They are. Animated, animated empty suits of armor. That's like a robot. That's just how the people thought a robot would be. Yeah. But I guess those, those newer, like, why am I losing the words? I just said it. The... The graphics arts references mm -hmm. they they're a bit more technical about how they choose color schemes and all that so i find mm -hmm. they're a good reference for just like a color scheme on that sort of, of the thing. impression that you want to show yeah yeah the palette you want to use but less so about how you really want to pull it off with your brush mm. i think that because again it's the difference of you know a 3d piece and whatever as opposed to a 2d 
Yeah. Yeah, and just the tools you have available, like on your graphics, on like your computer art style, you can just keep zooming in to get your, to do the detail you want. Mm -hmm. And you can undo things. You can blend the edges of things with different tools. Mm -hmm. But with a paintbrush, you make paint strokes with a paintbrush. That's that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So you can't, there's not as many tools for creating textures available to you and all that sort of stuff as you might get with digital art. So like you can get that as a reference, but then how you actually, okay. the style you use on your painting is just more restricted because your, your tool is more restricted. Interesting. Okay. What do you think about, I think we went, when we went to this, I was quite um, blown away. I forget this artist's name now, but there's basically a, an artist um, when we went to Europe, there was a guy who wasn't part of it, but he painted a guy who was with, with like fluorescent light. And he had, I think he had a cat, a bunch of cats. Was it the same bust over and over? No, no. Okay, it that's... was one, it was one thing, a guy with a hat and it had fluorescent yellow. And okay. I remember seeing the picture and, uh, and seeing, then seeing it in person and noticing how, much the line strokes and everything like you could see them and he didn't worry about blending and it looked amazing uh, yeah, so before i forget this i meant to mention it earlier so you would think that you would go look online for miniatures as references for painting your miniatures like it seems to make sense but so often when you actually see like a miniature you've seen online in person it looks so hugely different that you realize that if you went and used those pictures of that model as a reference to paint like that you wouldn't, you would never get the same result. So they're, they're actually yeah. pretty ter unless people do really good photographs, some people do, but very- With multiple yeah. different photographs, multiple well, different angles. Exactly. So you multiple can see how they're really happening. I find miniatures as a reference are some much less useful. It's like, like it's almost like they're, they're that with the 3D, the 3Dness of the art lies to you on the technique that they're using. Yeah, and just- Whereas 2D, it's a lot easier to understand. Well, this is 2D, so- uh, how much of this is the actual like lighting of the actual place or whatever? Well, especially digital art, none of it. None of it is the lighting. It's all about the strokes and putting it there. In which case, trying to transpose that is a lot easier to understand. Yeah, like the colors you're seeing on the screen of the digital art, that's what the artist intended. If you if you buy a good screen, mm -hmm. if you're not using yeah. like your $50 monitor. Yeah. But yeah, that's why they make, those make pretty good references for colors. Mm -hmm. And the, the pictures of a miniature, like it's a 3D object, it's got a round surface. So when someone photographs that, their light source is going to alter how they painted it. The shadows may end up turning much darker, or if they lit it from like straight on, it's going to change from how you would see it on your tabletop environment. Like they they just don't yeah, make There's a lot of different variables going on. Yeah, like the only thing I find they're good for is about how you might do your texturing and your brush strokes, mm -hmm. if they did a good job with that. But for the color and inspiration, yeah. like I want my thing to look like this, but not, I'm going to learn how to do this based on, on what it looks like. Mm -hmm. I think that's yeah. a good point. So yeah, it looked very different in person. Yep. Always. Where's the picture. All right. So, um, are there any other like styles, art styles that you want to shout out when you talk about modern art? There's like a lot of art that is specifically tied to miniatures or, or maybe it's the other way around that miniature ties directly 
that uh, like references a certain art, right? Like you think about Warhammer, right? There's a certain levels of, of style in terms of Warhammer art. Do you think that actually influenced like how people paint the miniatures? I actually don't think it does. No, because <laughs> the art looks so different. Now that I think about it, it looks so different than the miniatures. The proportions look different. The level, yeah, of even the proportions, yeah, yeah, the whole texture. And, and, yeah. They have lots of texture going on in their in their art style. When yeah. you get the miniature, it's usually very smooth. So. Yeah, yeah. I actually think about a 40k. Like I, I actually like the art more than the miniatures and the and the way that miniatures are painted. Yeah, you think of their old art, it's like super grimy and all that. And then you get to the miniature and it's like a balloon man back in the 80s. <laughs> back then it was nothing like. It was heavy metal. Yeah, it looked nothing like the art. And the old art was so cool, right? John Blanche and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was very stylized and there's a lot of line work and intricate line work and stuff like that. And then you look at the actual pieces. It's a balloon. Yeah. Someone just made a balloon dog. Yeah. How about other pieces? I'm just thinking about Frostgrave. In, in some ways, there's like a huge difference as well, right? They have, oh, I forget what the oh, No, I love their art style. Like that, I think the Frostgrave first book, more so than the second book. Mm. The, the, art, the artist, the person that does all the art. Yes. And that guy is amazing. I actually bought his art book called Wizard Eye. Art book. So the art is beautiful in the book, but I think the layout was kind of crappy, honestly, in the the Wizard Eye art book. Sorry, sorry, whoever actually mm-hmm. <laughs> laid everything out. There were way too many pictures that were split uh, from the bind of the book, yeah. which is a terrible idea for an art book. Um, but the actual artist is amazing. However, was it who's the who does the actual like the miniatures? Like it when you buy North Frostgrave, North Star? Yeah, they, yeah, the North Star guys. His style is way different than the actual art, right? Yeah, like the people aren't necessarily like hyper realistic in the art, but they look really good. In the miniatures or the no the the artwork from from both books, they're not. Super- I actually think it is very realistic. Mm-hmm. So so, but it it looks beautiful. The coloring, the um, yeah, it's not photorealistic. The colors are just very yeah. The colors are more hyper. Yeah. I really love the colors they use. Like the colors they use in that first uh-huh. arc are great for using on miniatures. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, yeah. He was just an amazing artist. I loved I loved all the art in that book. Um, oh, um, I think it's actually a couple. There there was two of them, um, but it was very very different than the miniatures that they have inside those books. Right, the minute the painted miniatures pieces. Um, so I don't know. I guess a lot of the times the art almost doesn't match the, the painted miniatures at all. Nope. Which I feel like is what we should be actually working towards, right? Like, really? yeah, why not? Okay. So they're miniatures. They're miniatures. They're painted. Might as well paint however however way you feel like to oh, make I it look like have, the actual. So have the art actually match the miniature? The other way around. We should paint the miniatures to match the art. Okay, because I'm thinking to Infinity, where they I, have, have some yeah. artists in Infinity for their art, because they have so many mm-hmm. artists they bring in. But that's they have a very comic book anime style for their art. That's true. Which works on some guys, like certain factions, <laughs> have more of the anime aesthetic. You think them like that would work. My miniatures actually look a lot more like that, honestly. Like the artwork. 
like the comic book art, mm-hmm. comic book like art, which you know that's just influence. That's just because the way I like to paint. But yeah, mm-hmm. so yes, I am doing that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It is. It's just the way that this kind of art has influenced me, and the way that I'm looking at it. The older I get, also I gotta say, I, I said that you know it's not about laziness, but partially it is because of laziness. Man, you got to get your projects done too. Like you want to play yeah, exactly. <laughs> Part of the style that I do choose is to cut down on the amount of effort, right? Yeah, as and, I said before, I created a whole painting style for painting skirmish war game guys, where I'm only allowed to do three color mixes, mix three colors to paint any yeah. individual area, and that just yeah, that makes you paint quicker. And the using the brush strokes, the entire thing you're talking about of about brush strokes. Um, using them as a, a, to create the impression that you want, as opposed to actually painting every single thread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether that's the kind of, yeah. Whether you're using it to create the impression of like reflections happening, whether you're using it to create the impression mm-hmm. of texture or just like visual interest, yep. like, uh, on hell, where he like literally draws lines in random places just to create visual interest. Yeah, but he'll also use the air, like really smooth airbrushing as well. Yep. Like he combines yep. the two in a good, very cool, balance. artistic, um, what do you call it, punchy way, mm-hmm. right? But he literally will draw just like lines or dots or shit like that just to create some interest on on, on the pieces, right? Well, like, like if you think about the guns on the Infinity Miniatures that he paints, like you'll have this black gun and there'll just be this like white streak across the middle of the gun. You're like, is that like, is that a ridge on the gun? No, no, no. Just for visual interest, there's yeah. like a square flat area. There'll be a diagonal line of just yep. like almost white. And it yep. looks, and I've started doing yeah. it because it looks good. Exactly, it right? Definitely not realistic. Like, it's not realistic. There's no, it's not even where the shine would be, but it just looks cool. It, 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 it has the impression of a shine or something. And then it's, and then if you look closely, it's not always just on, it's not just on guns. It's not just shine. Sometimes they'll just put other stuff. Mm-hmm. just to create some sort of thing. And and again, you could say that's texture, right? He's painting on texture, but you know, it's very obvious when the texture is one diagonal line that when you look, you're like, oh yeah, that's just a diagonal line. As opposed to oftentimes when people try to put texture, they're trying to make little tiny things so that you can only tell that there's like dots or things like that when you zoom up really close. But when you look at his stuff, it's like, he's not hiding it, right? Just that fucking line. So I don't know, that, that kind of thing kind of influenced me. Oh, yeah. about, okay how do i look at that yeah i think i went yeah. through this many times so yeah. yeah so like we said before like the miniatures don't make a good reference for colors like i won't look at pictures of his painted miniatures for my color references but definitely for like the techniques and where to like where to go smooth yeah. and put interest lines for texture reflection all that mm-hmm. it's a really good reference for where to make your brush strokes apparent all right so what I guess we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, the last thing uh, is what is, I was going to say, what is, is there a single piece that you think about or a single artist that you think about when you're trying to, a non-miniature painting artist when that you're trying to think about when you're painting or that you think has influenced you the most? Because you yeah. said you like these, um, what do you call it, romantic um, and what was the other? Oh, neoclassical and romantic period. Neoclassical and romantic period. Is there a specific piece or specific artist that you think has really influenced you? Name one then. 
Just name one. No, I don't. I don't actually look at them for painting. That I, I, I could, I should use them as references, honestly. But painter, I don't. We don't do that many like painterly pieces uh-huh. like, on a year, and uh-huh. often more digital art because I like the. Okay, like so the is there a digital artist that that really, not someone that's famous like Brahm or or Frazetta or something like that? Mm, no, I don't think I've gone back to one artist over and over for stuff. Uh-huh. So it's just random. It's it's all the artists. You're being the most inclusive, but also the most wishy-washy. I could probably look it up. And there's probably one I've, I've got a few yeah. things saved from. But I, I actually do have like one specific artist that I always think about, but I don't remember his name either. There you go. Like people on ArtStation have great ArtStation accounts, but I don't off the top of my head. I wouldn't be able to. Okay. So the artist that I'm thinking about is the guy that did, I think it's it's digital art. And the one that made the most impression on me is um, he, it was, he did art for a video game. I think it was Icewind Dale. And it was all of my thinking, like all of that thinking about, oh, you know, not smoothness and like breaststrokes and like combining with the digital art. He's the one that made me really think about it because he made really, really cool looking striking pieces. And then uh, for portraits for, I think it, I think it was Icewind Dale. And I would look more closely and at, at his pieces, right? That looked so realistic and so striking. And I would notice, oh my God, he didn't even paint the eyes of the person. This person mm-hmm. has no eyes. They just have the impression of an eye. Funny. And, and yeah, but it looked amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for miniature painters, I like to refer to Sergio Calvo Rubio is one of the ones I like to look at his painting pieces. So. Okay. It says. I think he has the ideal style I would like to paint in. Sergio Calvo. That's a miniature painter though, right? Yeah. For miniature painters, I can name them, but digital artists, I can't. His name is Justin Sweet. Sounds like a real name. (laughs) I think this is the guy. Mm -hmm. So if you want to look up like what I think, this is not comic book style, by the way. I guess it's more impressionist. Like, um, I don't know. You could probably name it. I didn't take first year or two courses of of, uh, of university level art, so I I don't know what style it is. But we're, we're talking graphics artists here, anyways. Yeah. So I I don't know what, but it, they they looked amazing. And whenever I think about painting and what I want it to look like, I think about his art. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So um, that's it. Uh, if you guys have any kind of thoughts on art, whatever, visual arts and how it influences you, or you want to just tell us, you know, that we're wrong or that we're right or, or something that really hits you um, in terms of what things that you might want to study later on, uh, give us a shout. Find us uh, on Facebook at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at uh, contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, I'd like to see what you're looking at to paint. All right. This has been Alan. Yeah, it's been Brandon. Bye.